School didn't teach us how to be good at love. So I created the Stubborn Love Podcast to help you navigate it. With my expertise in the marriage therapy biz, I'll share insights on topics like sex, money, and rock and roll. Um, I mean, navigating conflict and more. No matter what stage of relationship you're in right now, this podcast is for you. Every episode has actionable tips that will help you create a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life with the people you love. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now and join me on this journey of love and learning for the stuff they didn't teach you in relationship school. All right, so we are back for another episode of Stubborn Love, and we have the sequel. We've got our ladies back from In This Moment, Becca and Brooke, and we are just going to talk about some fun stuff today. Um, They suggested, and I love this, uh, talking about how we have standards for working moms and how it just leads to multiple roles uh, for mom guilt and mom shame. And we all know like that is a big thing lately, especially how there's so many of us entering the career field. So um, why don't we just get started and dive into this topic? First, I wanna like, uh, I guess, pose the question. What, what is it that really grabbed you guys on wanting to talk about this topic? Yeah, it's a great question, Paige. So, um... I guess I can start with it. We were actually just talking about it yesterday because um, as business partners, um, we t- kind of have to talk about everything that kind of comes up for us, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, and so I was telling Becca, something had just come up for me and my family. My um, husband was offered a job. And so that, uh, all good things, like a wonderful opportunity, great things. And at the same time, um, a lot of stuff came up for me around that because I have been the breadwinner quote unquote for the last seven, eight years. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how this whole conversation got started because I recognized, I mean, I, I started, I had a, I had a strong reaction to it. And, and so we just kind of unpacked that and it was really helpful. I think the, the biggest thing I kind of took away from the conversation was it was like an element of me wanting to be in control, like the being the bread, the breadwinner and making the money. I wanted to be in control for a lot, a lot, a lot of reasons. Um, but I we think we dive into those reasons actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think the biggest thing was for me, like I had seen, I had learned in my life, like growing up, like, don't ever be trapped. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen people be trapped and in, in, in women, like they have these kids and then they just, they don't have the money and they're, they're like unhappy and they're just stuck in this relationship and like trapped with these kids. And, and that's not my experience at all. I don't want it, but like, that's kind of the story that I had created and like what I was operating from, like if you're not the one making money in my head, I just, it was like, if I'm not the one making money, the alternative has to be like, I'm at home trapped with my kids and I have no leg to stand on. That's kind of like where I was coming from. Um, And, you know, I want to cut in there a little bit and I want to see both of your thoughts on that. I wonder if that's more of a message brought on to young women growing up who are being raised by single parents, whether it's a single mom or a single dad, like don't get trapped. Maybe like the messages don't be like me. Don't get be like 
how how I ended up. Uh, what do you guys think? I could definitely see that. I know for me, like when I was talking about it with Brooke, I kind of went to like with our schooling as therapists, we learn about like all of these dynamics. And like, I really focused on working with offenders. And so I saw all of these dynamics of like, what kind of offenders would do like these tactics. And one of them was making sure that their partner didn't have money so that they couldn't leave them. And so I definitely related to what Brooke was saying from that end where I was like, yeah, like we have been therapists and Brooke's been working with offenders too. And so we've seen that dynamic and we've worked with people through that. Um, and so I think that was kind of where I came at it from. And then my mom, my parents stayed together, but my mom always worked um, throughout my childhood. And I like have very strong core memories of being told like, you need to be independent. You need to be able to take care of yourself. Like you can't rely on someone else. And I think like my mom was always a stronger woman and she went to work, you know, she had a job where like my grandma really did not My grandma didn't go to college or anything like that. And so my mom, I think was kind of a trailblazer in her family from that regard and wanted me to be a similar, a similar way. Like she wanted me to be independent and um, which isn't a bad thing, right? But I think sometimes we overcompensate and then we do get these narratives where it's one or the other. I'm either independent or I'm being taken care of and that's not good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why is it we, it's so hard to find like that happy medium of both being independent but allowing people to actually like take care of us? What, what do you think we struggle with that? Ugh. I think we struggle setting limits. I think we struggle because another part of that is you could easily, if you follow like from our condition, you can easily fall into a role where you're kind of being taken advantage of as, as a mom, I'm saying this because the fact is working or not working, like I'm still a mom, that's a role that's not going to go away, nor do I want it to. So what ended up happening, like when I was working though, like, so I would, I would still do all of the mom roles and as the primary parent, even though that, that was my husband's position, like he stayed home with the girls for that reason. But I found myself um, staying up in the middle of the night with sick kids and missing work to do these things because it was like a, well, I still want to be the mom type deal. Um, but it was it was me not allowing space for, for him to do his thing. And it was, again, me just being very, very rigid, like fear. I think it comes down to fear. Okay. So fear of what? So can you dive into that for me? Like, is it fear of failure? Like if I hold on to this role of being a working mom, then I am going to fail as my role as a mom or what, what is that fear? Yeah, I think the fear, um, oh, I think for me, because we're talking now about, so my husband's going to accept this and we have to figure out what that looks like for childcare and things like that. And yesterday in my talk with Becca, I mean, it was just so like adamant, like, I cannot be a stay at home mom. I cannot be a stay at home mom. Where I was like almost throughout, you know, the last seven years since I've had kids, like has been part of my identity, like saying like, I know myself, I will not do well on this. And that's true. That's very true. But there was a piece of me operating from fear that I wasn't aware of. Um, and I think 
without me having aware of that. Like it was not allowing me to have these, this emotional intimacy with my husband or my kids. Like it was cutting that off too, a little bit. Like I was so adamant of like, I am not going to be at home. Um, then I was missing out on the joy of, of ever being at home. I just, um, yeah, the fear of, and the thought of like, I don't know, staying at home with three kids all day. I just have this fear of kind of going nuts and going crazy and like not being good at it and not liking it. And I think those things bring up like shame for me as a mom. Like I, you know, had to have this conversation with Ben. Like, I don't think I would be good at that. Him as a stay at home dad is amazing. He sits down and plays and he does that. And if he's just so natural at me thinking of it, I just get anxious. And I think it's just like fear of, yeah, I'm not going to like it and I'm not going to want to do it. Yeah. And like what we were talking about is like Brooke was saying that I feel like society makes us feel like that is a bad thing. If you don't want to be home with your kids, like you don't want to, you know, and like, then you're saying like, you don't love your kids. You don't want like being with them. And that's not what it has. To, like, that's not what it is at all. And um, I've had that experience where like, I've always been pretty open of like, I don't know if I want kids. And it often is like, responded to with like either shame or like yes you do you don't you you just don't know it you know you you want them you just don't know it and so I feel like that's one of the reasons like we struggle with these like the one side or the other because we're often told there's just one path and it, it this is what it is and if you express desire to take a different path a lot of times you're reacted to as if like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> so, yes. Well, so would you be able to share a little bit more Becca about like your personal experiences when you've been more open of like saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this dynamic. Um, I I'm not sure if I want to go down this path. Yeah. Um, I normally am just, and I would say this is mostly from like my parents generation when I talk to them about it it's just like oh you'll have kids um you think now you won't but you will and then of course there's like the the part of me that wants to push back and be like I'm not gonna have kids because you're telling me that I do want them and it's just like um I and so, so then it's like my awareness of having to figure out like, okay, do I really not want kids because that's just something that I don't think is right for me? Or am I doing this for the wrong reasons because of these people's reactions to me? And it, it is just like a constant like awareness piece of like having to figure that out for myself. And because like, like really at the end of the day, it's between me and my husband. Like it doesn't matter what other people think about it or what they think that I should want. It's what we want. Um, and, and yeah, so it, teasing that out has always been a little, a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. You know, I find it so interesting when other people are so invested on whether you become a parent or not, like, why mm -hmm. the hell do you care if I want to be a mom or not? Like, does right. my imprint on the world really matter that much to you? Like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. And like this idea of we know what's best for other people's happiness. And uh, just because something worked out well for you 
doesn't mean that's what's going to work for somebody else. Um, but I, I do think there is often this, we like to be right as a society and as humans, which like I do too, I like to be right as much as the next person. Um, but we often put that on other people of like, no, this is what was right for me. So this is going to be right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single person is different. Everybody's life experience is different. So, yeah, I think well, it's also hard. Like we want to put people in boxes. So, um, it's, it's like, oh, you're a mom with, you're a mom, you have kids. Like, it's just like an easy compartment. And then if you find a woman who is capable and able to have kids and they're like, no, I think people are like, why? And it becomes this whole thing. Like, right. We feel like we have to understand that, but I mean, that's not ours to understand, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's another, like, this is a huge layer of shame and guilt that we inadvertently do, I think, is like, when there are other people and they don't realize the struggle that maybe someone is trying to do in terms of trying to get the, um, let me get my thoughts together. Like, if someone's struggling with getting pregnant or they've had multiple miscarriages and such, Um, I'm thinking of like, when people are saying, well, why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do that? And it's not so easy. And then there happens to be this whole thing that comes about where like, um, it's a huge struggle and they feel super, super bad. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and I've had friends who, have said that who have expressed that where they're like everyone's asking me why I'm not having kids and they don't know that I'm trying like we are trying to have kids and it's a struggle and so I I often people in my life I think get annoyed with me because they will ask if we're having kids and I'm like I feel like you should be rephrasing that like you're assuming one that we want them and by assuming that you're kind of dismissing like all this other stuff that I'm doing, right? Like, sure, like, absolutely. It's great if you want to have kids and you have kids, but like, again, that's not the only avenue to take. And you also don't know what people are going through if they are trying to have kids and they're having a hard time and they don't want to share that. They're not like, you're not someone that they would share that with, or they're not ready to, like you're putting them in a pretty uncomfortable position of how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. I feel very, um, I don't, I wouldn't say lucky or blessed or whatever, but I've uh, like at this point in my life made the decision. No, I don't want to be a mom. There are so many other things that would bring me joy. Don't want to pop anything out of my body. I don't want to have responsibilities. I know those tiny humans are very expensive. I'd rather spend a lot more money on traveling or eating food (laughs) or, or whatever. And so I'll get more people asking me, you know, oh, well, won't you feel unfulfilled? And again, so I'm, I'm thinking of what you were saying, like, I'm more than just like this womb bearing person. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more to me than just bringing life into this world. I can give back in other ways. I think yeah. a lot of people don't, um, uh, uh, I don't know. I think society just has this really screwed up view that there is only like really one way we can give back as females at times. Yes, totally, totally. Um, and I was telling Brooke, like, it, 
it's crazy to me how now like seeing her juggle her life with her kids and the business right like she does so much and I it makes me always think of like as women we've come a long way in terms of like in the workplace and having equality and things like that which is great and we still have all of these expectations of like but you have to be the mom like Brooke was saying and so it's like we've come so far in one way, but then we shame women when they're doing that versus being at home with their kids. And so like, have we, how far have we actually come when it's just, it's causing all of this guilt and shame for moms because they're making progress, but then they have kids at home that they're being told they need to take care of and that they need to be there for. Um, And it's just, it's it's a lot to expect one person to do, so. Yeah. Well, you know who I think the worst culprit is at causing like that mom guilt and mom shame? I don't think it's society. I think it's other moms. When they give you like that stank eye in the grocery store of like, you better control your kids. Like, bitch, please. You were in there at one point. Like if you were a mom, like you have had like tempered tantrum children in the store. Like, why don't you lend some compassion and helping hand? And I'm curious, Brooke, have you ever experienced anything like that, you know, as a mom and trying to juggle all of that from other moms? I mean, a little bit. I think the worst critic is ourself and as an extension, other women. But I think mm-hmm. it starts so, so much with one, like the story that's in our head and and how we're hearing it. Are we aware of it and if we don't like it are we are we willing to like change that change our relationship with it a little bit because I think what comes up for me is like you know Becca and I our business promotes mindfulness the one part mindfulness has multiple layers like we talked about in our last video session but the one part of it is like being compassionate um with yourself curious versus judgmental um giving yourself grace and that is like, that's been the last to come to me. And no one has given me like, I mean, my husband has not given me any of these messages. And like, when I took a step back to kind of look at it, the way I talk to myself is ridiculous around the kids and the job. And I, I have all of these unrealistic expectations um, that I was like operating from. And as a result, I had placed expectations on others. And it was all about just kind of what I was telling myself. Um, and yeah, we're pretty nasty um, to ourselves. And that's been very, very clear to me as far as um, being a mom, if, if I'm honest. Like my biggest thing, I think if we're getting right down to it, Paige, is like, why don't I want to be home? It's like, because I think I will be a bad mom and bad for them. And that's my biggest thing is like, I sometimes feel like my kids are better off without me. Like when I'm not at my best, you know what I mean? Like having these little humans that are like dependent on you, like when they see that, but that's all part of being a mom. And like, so giving myself grace with that, that part of, of having shortcomings as a mom and, and having that be okay. And I do have other moms that would like support me and, and get that. I think it just comes down to like, am I intentionally 
looking to change the narrative in my head and do I want to because there's a comforting place there to stay in like this kind of victim role a little bit that I like aligned myself with that there's comfort in that um but it's it's unhealthy and weird and not applicable to my life so I want to change that you know um but it starts with how I talk to myself about just my being can I share with you how that impacted me when when you talk to yourself Please. that way I like, saw I saw you had a reaction page as you as I said that, please. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that sent chills in my body. Like, like that is crushing me to hear that, that you say those things to, to yourself that I don't know why I'm getting a little emotional about it, but, but for you to say like, oh my gosh, they're better off without me. Or like, you know, if I'm a stay at home mom, am I going to be good enough? Like this, this is like, it's literally affecting me. Like it's weighing heavy on me right now. Like as you hear me saying that back to you, I'm seeing your facial expression change a little bit. What's happening for you? Oh, I think it's like such a real and raw thing. And like, we don't really talk about that as mom, like you don't, or as even as people, you know, like when we're, we, we all know, like we have the best version of ourselves and then we all have like the dark and swampy stuff. And I think being a mom, like when I see my kids um, kind of replicate behaviors that I'm not proud of, you know, like do things that it like breaks my heart. And when I'm in, when I'm not my best self, when I'm not centered and when I'm not grounded, I can go to, oh my God, I am like harming them. Like they are yelling at each other because that's how I, I'm yelling at them. Like, and then you know, so if, when I'm not grounded and, and centered, I can go dark quick. Like, oh yeah, your kids probably would be better off without you home because like they're around this toxicity and, and then you get in your head and it's a tailspin and you're done. Um, but I think that's the piece of the, um, the mindfulness piece is like being aware of how you're talking to yourself. And to be honest, Paige, I'm, I appreciate your reaction a little bit because I think that message has been so ingrained in my head that like I've lost kind of some objectivity about like how heavy it actually is. You know what I mean? Like that is a heavy statement and it's true. Like I, there, there are moments when I resent the fact that I had children, like there, this resentment bubbles up that I'm responsible for these humans and I can't do what I want to do. There's moments where I feel this rage and resentment. Um, and it's, 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 it's not that I like, think it's my own stuff that's coming up. I, you know, I don't resent my kids, but that's, that's real. And I think that's moms feel that way and that's okay. I think we just have to be kind to ourselves because that's going to come up. I, I haven't met a mom or luckily a woman like I Becca doesn't have kids and I was able to talk with her about this and like she understood and recognized and we share this you know feminine power and that that means something um and so she said to me yesterday like Brooke uh what would you say to me you would never say those words to me and like just having like that reminder was just yeah so I appreciate your reaction Paige because yeah that is that is heavy and again like awareness of like I don't want to talk to myself that way because I would never talk to someone else that way. Um, and so we forget that that's that mindfulness piece of like being kind to ourselves. And that's that, I think that's the piece that's so overlooked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
totally. Becca, I, I know that um, we were really focused on how Brooke was feeling as she was saying those things, but I'm really curious if anything bubbled up for, for you, because I know you're kind of struggling with that worry about the dynamic of balancing these roles of, you know, being um, a, a wife versus a mom versus a career entrepreneur versus, you know, all these other hats you wear. So I'm curious about your reactions. Yeah, I had two, like one, your reaction page, I really appreciated because I was also like, whenever I hear Brooke say these things, like Brooke is literally, besides my husband, probably my favorite person. And so I feel obligated to say my husband's my favorite. (laughs) He is, don't get me wrong. But yeah, but like Brooke is one of my favorite people. And so like hearing someone you love so much say things like that, like, right, it does, it gives you a reaction. Um, But I also... I had some insight while you were talking, Brooke, that I don't think I've ever really realized before is like the piece about worrying about not being a good mom and not being enough. I feel like that does come up for me when we're talking about having kids. And I worry about that because I, and like, I don't blame my parents in any way, right? Like, I feel like they did the best they could with what they had. Um, And my mom and I had a pretty tenuous relationship at times. It wasn't always what I would have hoped or what she would have hoped even, right? And so I I do, I think, worry about having then that relationship with my kids of am I because I I am a lot like my mom in ways and ways that I really appreciate and that I'm glad about. Um, but then I do worry, okay, am I gonna then have that relationship with my kid, which was really quite rocky at times. Um, And so I need to, I think a lot of times remind myself that I I do have more awareness about that stuff than maybe she did. Um, And again, not that it's her fault, but just uh, as we, as we grow and we learn more information, um, we develop that more self-awareness. And so, but I, I, I don't think I really realized how much that was coming up for me at times of that, that fear and that like wanting to avoid that. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Becca. So, and I, I do think that's one thing that I have really appreciated about my journey with mindfulness and starting the business is gaining that self-awareness. And I think that is how we change the the future, right? Like that is how we change the narrative and don't do the same thing over and over again is being willing to say, okay, this is what's coming up for me. How can I do something different? Um, because it, it's so easy to get stuck in the same, the same patterns and the same family dynamics and just continue that with your, with your kids and your grandkids or, you know, whoever, um, mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's so important as, as therapists, I'm sure you can relate to Paige, like having that self-awareness and being able to say, okay, this is what's coming up for me. This is what's being triggered. What am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about it? Could we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, well, I do think what Brooke said is one of the first steps of like, changing how we talk to ourselves um, and uh, being aware when we're shaming ourselves or because that's what keeps us in the same spot I feel is that there's a comfort like she said in staying where we're at um, mm-hmm. 
and giving ourselves permission that we're not always going to get it right and that's okay um and that's just part of being human Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like shedding that perfectionistic type of mentality that we want to have in whatever role we're in yes uh, I love that it's so hard but yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah I also think um there's a piece of like recognizing like what like our fears, just recognizing, because you had said in the beginning page, like finding that happy medium. So we're not swinging on the continuum. And I, I do think recognizing what we're really afraid of. Um, and so I have three daughters. And if I'm being honest, I'm kind of afraid. I know what I don't want for them. But then it's like, okay, there's a sense of responsibility of um, you know, this, this younger generation, I want more for them. And I'm not always able to articulate really what that is, I guess. And so that to me is kind of scary. And so, I mean, it kind of brings back to like this idea of intentional living. Um, like what, what am I wanting to teach How them? Or I, like, I'm thinking, is it more like, oh gosh, what was the purpose of having you girls? That's right, Paige, a million percent, like, right. And I think it comes down to, I want to give them the sense of being, I want them to be able to be, I want more than anything, I want them to be able to know their worth without having to hustle at all. I want them to be able to just simply like know like trust their gut, like work on that intuition and just align rather than hustle. Um, and so like for me, what I can give them to do that is just kind of this unconditional love and space of, you know, I'm going to be here no matter what and helping them develop a greater awareness of their inner and outer worlds. And regardless of what they find, just being content with that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, thanks. It's a lot. It's overwhelming sometimes. Like that's the, and then I, then when you start to like think of, ah, again, that like self-talk recognizing, yeah, there's going to be times you screw up and mess up and, um, and that's okay. Just forgiving yourself. But yeah, it can feel overwhelming when you are responsible for little humans. Yeah. I do love that though, Brooke, of like, when we know what we don't want for people or even ourselves, it's easy. We come at it from this negative narrative of like, I don't want this for you. I don't want like, this is what I had. I don't want that for you. That's and right. I, I feel like changing the narrative. Okay. Like, what do you want for them? Like, what do we want for ourselves? Um, That's so and, amazing. Becca. Thank you for articulating that for yeah. me. Yes. And coming at it from that way, because like looking back to on my childhood, like I experienced that where I was like, okay, no, this isn't what you do. But then I was like, well, what do I do? Like, what, how do I do it? And uh, so coming at it more from the affirming positive place rather than the. Yeah. Like, I know I don't want to be trapped. I know I don't want, you know, like, I know I don't want to be controlled by a man. I know I don't want these things. And so like, 
exactly. But your defenses are up then and you're coming at it from like a, a place of scarcity or fear. And yes. so it's not yes. pure. It's not pure at all. And it gets dysfunctional then when you're when you're not doing it intentionally, but rather doing it to avoid something, you know, like, yeah. I think we just found out what our next episode will be about, like the scarcity mindset. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Oh my gosh, we could talk for a whole hour on that. And as, as you were talking about like the whole negatives, I started thinking of the positives. Like, so instead of that thinking of, okay, I don't want to be trapped. I don't want to be controlled by someone. What about, I want to be supported by community. I want to have freedom and flexibility. Like, like that's making my heart happy as I'm like yeah. talking about that. Totally. Me too. We're, you know, like Becca and I are doing these boxes and it's cool because what we have the kids do to practice mindfulness, we're also doing in our own personal lives. And this month is intentions and um, intentionally affirming myself of like, I want rest. I deserve rest. This idea, you know, just happened yesterday. I've been going back to work yesterday. I did affirmations all day of like, I want to be provided for that's okay. Like that is an okay thing. It does not take away from this like strong independent kind of identity I've built. You know what I mean? Like I want to be provided for and taken care of. Unfortunately, I haven't like seen an awesome like team dynamics. And so like, I'm trying to find my way through that. Um, that's another thing. There's not like a lot of like you know, we don't have a, in, in our culture, we don't have a lot of like couples to look at, you know, Paige, as a couples therapist, like we don't have this, like, like, oh, you want to oh, be wow. like this, you know what I mean? I, you would, I, I didn't see that. I saw going back to like, I don't want this, 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 this. I didn't see like this healthy thing, like, oh, I want to cultivate that. So that for me, and that's the learning process of just letting go of all the stuff and just, oh, I want to cultivate something and figuring out what that is yeah we have a lot of exploration to start doing (laughs) yes it'll be an exciting journey I think so (laughs) well as we start wrapping up ladies is there any last thing that either of you wanted to let the audience know I know for myself I, I struggle with, um, I've struggled my whole life with control issues. And I know I referenced this in the, in the beginning. I just think it's really interesting, like how in different areas of my life it has been showing up. So I, I truly believe that the universe is going to like give you what you need to, to see and learn. And so like in multiple different areas, I have done these things, these behaviors as a way to exert control. And um, it's just, it's really cool because yesterday was really, really, really hard, but there was like some light that uh, a light came through. There was awareness of this stuff. Um, and although I, you know, had a rough day yesterday sitting with the, oh, wow, I was doing this to contribute to this. It's kind of refreshing today of like, oh, cool. I get to do something different now. Hmm, I love that. Yeah. And I'll just add really quickly because I know we're running out of time. Um, I thinking of this, like, if listening to this, you have realized like, oh, there's some stuff for me to work through. 
Brooke and I are very like therapy proud. Like not only are we therapists, but we also have gone to therapy and I still go to therapy. And I think there's such a stigma around that still it's getting better. Um, but I would just say like, you can't really even imagine how helpful it is to talk to someone who doesn't know anybody in your life and who you can just talk about what's going on for you and they can just help guide you through it. Um, and so I would just really encourage people if stuff has come up for you, like it is totally okay. And it is great to go to therapy. It has been life-changing for me. And so that's what I always encourage people. Um, I, I just think it can be so helpful. So here, here, I agree, Bex. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to just say real quick to the audience that these ladies are fantastic. They have their own business within this moment box subscription. So I'll have all the links in the show notes for everybody to see. It was so good talking to you ladies. And we're going to have more of these talks because I love how candid these conversations are. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for having us. We love coming on. <laughs> all right, guys, take care.